in my opinion, like our responsibility is also to reconsider how we even interact with men, what role we want to give men in our life. And also to, again, like that's, that's, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh yeah, I want an emotionally available man and I want a divine empowered whatever man. But then the minute they open their mouth and talk about emotions, women I mean, some women, not every woman, obviously we don't want a generalist, but a lot of women still run on this old programming of how a man has to be in order to be, you know, the perfect partner. How are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing Perfect. I am a little bit tired still, but I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> good? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you. Because this is absolutely phenomenal. I can't even... Oh, <laughs> I'm excited for the stories. <laughs> I can't even begin to comprehend what is really happening right now, but it's so divine. Um, but Tell me all about it. Right, right. For those of you that don't know, first of all, thank you all for tuning in. This is the pilot episode to Talks with Griff. And I have been blessed with the opportunity to have an amazing guest on the first episode. This lady is is leading women down the divine path of their own truth. And it's so amazing. I'm going to allow her to go into further detail exactly about what it is that she does because she has absolutely helped me out in so many ways with just one session with this woman. Just one. <laughs> thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to be the first person on your epic podcast because I know it will be a big one. And so we kickstart off with an amazing interview between you know two projectors talking to each other. It will probably be very expanding for a lot of people, but um, yeah, basically to introduce myself, I am Kathy and I'm an astrologer and human design guide. And I met Dorian in a reading and then I screamed at him and was like, give yourself a voice, get a podcast out there. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Man, guys, that, it was just, it was so beautiful because finding you on YouTube in the middle of the night, <laughs> 2 30 3 o'clock in the morning just trying to find any information whatsoever about what it means to truly be a projector and how i can fully walk in that and then out of nowhere just you know waited and then i waited and then i waited <laughs> <some> more <laughs> and then your video popped up and then once we got on the reading we weren't even really it was like half and half we talked about the reading and then we just branched off we just took a left turn and just started going <laughs> i know <laughs> everywhere I'm, I don't even recall half the things we talked about because it was all very relative but I do remember you mentioning something about that session that we had is in relation to your uh, your book that's going to be coming out later right yes oh my gosh yes 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 uh, it was very divine actually because I just it was after the new moon in Virgo and I just had this crazy night and so many downloads and it was very much in relation to our conversation too so it was really interesting how it was not just a synchronicity for you but also for me and just another confirmation and also the very same day you know I met up with two other guys um, friends of a friend and one of them was also a projector and it was just so interesting because it opened me up to 
yeah, see for myself that I actually want to support men even more, not just women. And um, I have worked with um, a couple of male clients, right? And it's interesting because the topic that we end up talking about is always, you know, the divine masculine, the divine feminine and how we can align, right? How we can uh, move forward. And also, you know, I really stress the fact that it's not just feminine rising, female rising, female entrepreneurs, the divine empowerment, whatever. It's also allowing men to have a space where they are able to heal, especially because, I mean, little boys are conditioned to not feel emotions at all, right? And now that women are more empowered, it, it, it's like, I, I mean, if I step into the shoe of a man, it's like, what are you even doing on this planet? You know, if you can't even, I mean, yeah, it, it's, that's, I, f- I feel like it's really challenging. I completely agree. I completely agree. And, and that's one of the things that I noticed on my journey right at the beginning of this year. It's just that the, the collective kind of smacked the divine masculine. They just stepped onto the scene and was like, we need you right now. This year is filled with healing. It's filled with sadness. It's filled with happiness. It's filled with an abundance of growth. And sometimes that can be very scary because you, as, a, as, as men in society today, it's like we don't really know where to turn because mm-hmm. you are, when we are seeking help, it's perceived as we're weak because we're asking for help or we need mm-hmm. guidance for something. And the fact of the matter is that society has just made us feel like that's a bad thing. Like we're shameful for that because you're a man. You're supposed to know exactly what it is that you are here to do. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to know how to put one foot in front of the other in a direction of where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that, that's just not the case because there's so much healing. There's so many old constructs. There's so many old childhood wounds that are our own. And there are also our parents that we have to deal with as well. And I just, during our session that we had, I realized that there's just not any other way around it for men. And as much as we want to get past it and get to the end goal, whatever that may be, we have to really sit down with ourselves and and, and look at those parts of ourselves that we are afraid of. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously I study a lot of um, the transits and astrology alongside with what's happening in the collective. That's also why, you know, my readings, they obviously we talk about human design astrology but it and it always ends up being a therapy session or ends up being like you know seeing the bigger picture of the world and that's also how I approach astrology and I think it's interesting that in 2020 we have a Mars and a Venus retrograde while the world is crashing and crumbling so to put that simple even if you don't know anything about astrology Mars is the masculine and Venus is the feminine and when you have a retrograde it's reconsidering how we approach these archetypes and it happens in the very same year you know, pretty much neck, like after, first we had a Venus retrograde. Now we have a Mars retrograde. It's like, how do we approach these archetypes? And it's not just, you know, male and female because a man has experienced the Venus retrograde this year and a woman right now also experiences the Mars retrograde. It's, it's both, right? How do we think about these archetypes? How we do, do we approach our own masculine and feminine energy? And that's basically the key to help us restructure the world, which is what also happens in astrology right now with, you know, Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And we can see what, what the effects of that were. It's like the, every single system is probably crashing and burning right now. So we can build a new world with new values and a new approach to masculine and feminine energy as well. Right. And how both men and women can walk in their masculine and feminine energy, balance the two within themselves and walk in it how based on their own truths, not based on somebody else's perception of what they think the divine masculine or divine feminine is. You know, during our session, I told you that um, the the divine feminine had pretty much had done the necessary work 
and the mm-hmm. bachelor is just sitting on the couch like yo like you know <laughs> chilling <laughs> yeah we just chilling like we don't know what's going on and you know we have this major universal shutdown where that the entire world is doing shadow work and there's no other way around it you know i find that a lot of men really truly want to answer the call to being of mm-hmm. service for themselves to being of service for their women um to to being of service for their children and the generation behind them but they're just it's 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 so difficult because they don't even feel confident enough within themselves to do it in a way so that way they can fully express themselves without fear of judgment. And I think that that's really crucial because as men, you know, we it's we make one wrong move and then society's like, no, you're doing it incorrectly or that's toxic masculinity. And so we men just kind of cower back into their shoulder, like, okay, well, it's pretty much like how you said, if I'm not allowed to be a man and if I get ridiculed for attempting to do something based on my own authenticity then what the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where do I go from here? Like, I help me help the collective. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I understand what you say about, you know, men have just been like chilling, so to speak. And But I would not necessarily say that women did all the work because women only did one side of the work, in my opinion. Like, our responsibility is also to reconsider how we even interact with men, what role we want to give men in our life, and also... To again, like that's that's you know everyone keeps saying, oh yeah, I want an emotionally available man, and I want a divine empowered whatever man. But then the minute they open their mouth and talk about emotions, women, I mean some women, not every woman, obviously we don't want a generalist, but a lot of women still run on this old programming of how a man has to be in order to be, you know, the perfect partner. And I feel like that's also something we have to reprogram inside of us right as women because otherwise men will never feel safe expressing their emotions because you know it's a risky business one woman might react in a very positive way and another woman is just like okay goodbye i'm gonna get the next bad boy because i want to fix them whatever (laughs) it's like there's a lot of reprogramming that has to happen i feel like also in women still because we were so focused on being independent being our own leader being you know empowered but again like empowerment also means to give the lead back to men again that's empowerment and it comes from a place of choice right i choose to allow my man to lead me because i know i could lead myself but it's fun right, right. <laughs> to be led <like> sometimes <laughs> you think women are afraid to i don't want to say relinquish their power but really allow the man to to play his role within the within the union of, of man and woman you know whether it's marriage or relationship or just two people having a strong connection within the world today do you think women are just really afraid to to allow themselves to be vulnerable within that aspect to let their man lead them or do you think women are just in the headspace of men aren't able to lead me nowadays so now i'm going to do what i have to do to lead myself but at the same time still wanting that masculine energy around them i feel like intuitively there's a lot of wounded masculine energy in women um and that's what they act out so they are a lot of women are angry and that's a generational thing that, you, you know, even from, yeah, it, it isn't in our DNA because we've been suppressed for so long. So we have to forgive a lot, right? And a, a lot of women are just not ready for that, to forgive. And that's why they act out like on, from such a, you know, wounded place, maybe not even recognizing that it's anger that sits inside of them. Because that's another thing. Women have not been allowed to be angry, right? Even in, you know, the mythology of astrology, for example, Lilith, the angry one, is still like the, the black moon, oh my God, the evil queen, whatever. So it's, it's like, it's interesting because we've never been allowed to be angry. 
it's, and so I feel like again, it's it's forgiveness on both sides. Forgiveness of them for our, ourselves and our childhood wounds as well. Like we 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 talked about this before in the session. In the session, it's like you before you can really allow yourself to be vulnerable with somebody else, let alone somebody who you are considering to be a lifelong partner. All of the quote unquote mistakes you've made as a woman and as a man, you know you you. The ego likes to beat yourself up for the ego is that 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 noise that's in the back of your head, but on the inside you have this inner child that's like all I want is a hug, all mm-hmm. I want is a little bit of acknowledgement, all I want is somebody to say that it's going to be okay, and it's really critical for us to give that to ourselves. We're mm-hmm. in the business of seeking it outside of ourselves. That if we just take the time out to sit with whatever it is that we're feeling, we can have a better understanding of where it is that that emotion is coming from. So we can yeah. hear from it. So when it comes up again, we we aren't sure that we the the woman isn't screaming and yelling at a man because nine times out of ten it's that that's just what it is. It's like I'm I'm hurt because of this. You just so happen to be like in the blender of that, but it's not the root cause of why I want to cry right now. Yes. That's all that it really is. It's just a, a really deep, wounded emotional pain from something that maybe even isn't our fault. Yeah. Yeah, and again, even astrology supports that because we have Chiron and Aries. That's all of us collectively. We heal our inner child, Aries, right? And Chiron is the wounded healer. So we realize how many wounds we have from childhood. And because Aries is the first sign of the zodiac, it's it's how we enter the world. We already enter the world with so many wounds from past lives, from so many past lives, from so many. We can't even, and it doesn't mean that we have to remember all of that. It really just comes down to understanding what emotions really are and that we are not our emotions, right? We are like the way I approach emotions, it's energy motion. So it's energy that puts us into a certain motion. So from a perspective, from the perspective of source, it's just um, that these emotions lead us to lessons that help us expand the collective, expand the universe because we learn through emotions, right? We learn, it's, it's just receiving a frequency, a message, right? That's all it is. And it's the same thing with, you know, we are also not our thoughts. The only thing we really are when we even look at um, human design, you are the spleen, you are intuition, your yeah. resonance. That's what you are. And so that's interesting because we've been conditioned to believe that we can't trust our intuition, which we are our intuition, right? Yeah. But we can trust our emotions and we can trust our head. It's not really true. So that's another thing that we are learning to heal and to understand. Yes, I, I it brought up a good point about just really understanding what our emotion is and understanding that it's just energy within itself. I remember I wasn't, I would get so frustrated and so angry because not having the knowledge to really conceptualize what's happening at that point in time caused me a lot of anger. So it's like, I would just, there's like, I know I'm feeling something and I know I'm angry. And even then we're, we're talking like in between the ages of, let's say like eight and 17, I would be angry because I didn't have emotional literacy. I didn't understand how to deal with it. And I knew that it was something I had to deal with because the emotions are there to teach us something. Yes. And I was just, I remember just sitting there and just like, of course, being a boy or being a young man, it's like, okay, well, if I express this, then I'm wrong. So I would internalize it. And now I'm just sitting with this 100,000 bricks on my heart. And I'm like, how, yes. how do I deal with this? How do I release this energy? And it, it, it took me a really long time to, to face that and allow myself to get comfortable with understanding that my emotions are valid because they're there for a reason. They're there to teach me something. They're there to teach us something at the end of the day. 
And I mean, that that's something that we have to say, right? Because our emotions are ruled by Saturn and Saturn is the ground teacher because we both have a Capricorn moon. And yeah. it's interesting, we record like today that we had our lunar return a couple of minutes ago, actually, because we both have 17 degrees of uh, Capricorn. And obviously that means we have to take responsibility um, for our emotions. And Saturn teaches you in a very harsh way, right? And that means for us, like we have to really sit down and do the homework to understand what our emotions are all about. And then we become wise in that area. And you and your human design, you are emotional authority as well, right? You, you are here to learn about emotions on such a core level, which I think is beautiful because you lead men. And I feel like that's the key element that men have to heal or understand in order to move forward, like what emotions are, because that's, again, something that men especially have never really been even allowed to, to think about, I guess, or to express. What are my emotions? What do I feel? So, yeah. Yeah, it, it goes back to the, the saying of like, you know, a boy a boy falls, scratches his knees, like go get up, you know, don't cry, you know, be be a man. But yeah. we, if a female, if a woman does that thing, our instant reaction is to give her a hug and make sure that she's okay. Yes. You know, it's like if, I, I think there was a study I saw once, or maybe it was a YouTube video that I was watching, but somebody, uh, I guess it was just a group of friends, they said, the, the woman on the bench and she was crying and then they just basically studied how many people walked up to her mm -hmm. to see if she was okay. And then they did the, the reverse of that and they said a man there and I think maybe not even, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but let's just say for layman's terms, after about 90 minutes, it took another man yeah. to walk up to him to see if he was okay. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know if it's because people feel hesitant to approach a man when he's that vulnerable because they may not even know what to say or maybe it's just looked at as it's the construct is just so strong that a man is not supposed to do this especially in public if a man falls to his knees like oh something is completely wrong then like he, he's in so much pain that I don't even know what to say because society hasn't we haven't learned how to approach that situation and you know that's also just thinking about that I guess that's where a lot of violence comes from Right. Because, I mean, I don't know any percentages, but I, I guess that men are more so violent and like, or criminal than women. I would just say so. I don't know. I don't, don't quote me on that. But I feel that also comes from the help, like the helplessness. Is that a word? I guess. So being helpless. Right. Because you feel like I want to I want to be seen. But sometimes I don't even know that I want to be seen. I know that something is missing. I actually recorded a podcast episode about um emotional neglect and how that's a really, really interesting thing because you don't even know what you are missing, right? Because you've never learned that emotions are something that have to be addressed, have to be felt. Like you don't even know that you're, you're missing someone. It's like a child is being born and has never learned that there's something like hugs. And you never know that hugs is what you are missing, right? So you're constantly searching for, I, something feels off. I'm missing something. I'm depressed because of something, but I don't even know what I need, you know, <laughs> because you've never learned that that's the missing key. And that's, I feel like, you know, a lot of people on, on this planet still walk around like that, not knowing that it's actually their emotions that they need to feel in order to feel better. And it's, I also have a, a quote on Instagram that if you want to truly be fulfilled, you have to truly feel yourself. Right, that's fulfillment. Yes. You have to feel yourself. Yes, it's interesting that you brought up hugs because that, that got me thinking about something. I was having a conversation with somebody else, and you you remember the time as a kid, you know, everybody's hugging you, everybody's mm -hmm. hugging you up, and then it feels all good. And then one day they just put you down, and you're never picked up again. 
Mm-hmm. That does something to the psyche uh, of a child, and like, and it just transitions on the way out into into where adults, and that goes back to exactly what you were saying. It's like once we, and something as simple as a hug, maybe like three a day, or maybe even one a day, because we got put down and we were never picked up again. Our natural human state of of wanting to to feel that affection is so strong that we're willing to do anything to get it, even throw adult temper tantrums <laughs> if you want yeah. to call it that and just because we, we, at the end of the day j- just hug me that's it mm-hmm. that's all i need you to do and like just really feel it mm. it's true and i mean there are even um studies that say you know babies like the first need that they have is physical touch and there's also a term called touch deprived like if you that, that really causes an illness so it's that's definitely true and you know then look at 2020 and we have social distancing and oh my gosh don't hug me don't even touch me I, honestly, like you, we love it better, but I feel like a lot of people have been like really traumatized yeah. for, by that, you know. And I know I have uh, private clients that are moms, and when the kids were sent back to school, um, obviously they don't know anything about what's going on in the world, at least not to the to the degree that we do. And so they were just acting normal, wanting to hug their friends because they haven't seen them in two months, right? And then the teacher was fucking like acting out all crazy, like, you can't hug her, like, what, what do you think? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? And the child was, I mean, how, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of teacher that must have been, but it's like, so sad. It's in, it's, it's all the fear. And, and like how you said, like, children are so innocent. Of course, they, yeah. they want to show affection. They're just happy to see you do. You're yeah. good. Man, I've been in the house with my mom. Like, I haven't, I don't even know about this morning. <laughs> yes. Body, my toys are getting boring. Like, like what, what have you been going on? What's been going on with you? Yeah. It's from that perspective to the adult fearful aspect of what they've allowed to happen to them to where that they, their fear is so strong that they're projecting it onto children who are so innocent. And we don't even know how much that can affect that child's life. Like, and it's interesting from that perspective too, because who knows what the world is going to be like once they become our age, you know what I mean? Like how that's going to affect their psyche. There's going to be so many different aspects of healing that they themselves have to do even during this time as well like I can only imagine what it's like to be born in 2000 you know you let's say like nine or 12 years old and then like you just got to wear this mask like if you're like okay I guess this is okay I'm not really sure what's going on in the world right now but you know something doesn't feel right so I guess I'll do it it's really strange I just notice them and but they still be themselves they don't allow the mask to to govern their feelings for their friends. Like they're just happy to see their friends. The mask doesn't give them fear. And I feel like we, as young adults, have lost a sense of that, have lost a sense of that that innocence. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad that that child has a good mom and I bet she talked to her, but you know, I can imagine if um, a child experiences something like that and it's a critical age, like that can shape that person for the rest of their life they're like oh my gosh i get attacked if i hug someone or if i follow my instincts right or if i want to express my feelings towards someone or whatever you know it definitely can have an imprint so i feel like yeah i mean reparenting has to happen too right because and i feel like it will be a natural process because the more adults heal their inner child they will approach and see children in a completely different way too because i mean i'm at the point where i'm like children are so much wiser than we like especially the children that are born now i mean if i just look at the charts that they have i'm like wow we can learn so much from them yeah. i mean so much they step and they they're evolved at a young age like yes already way past the evolution of where we were at to where that you know i remember you telling me you're like 
school is boring. I just want to save the world. I just want to do what yes. I'm doing right now. And then children are coming up like, this is what I got to do, period. I mean, just imagine, you know, a child that has been born at January 12th this year with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in their chart. They will be the rebel for them for all their life. Be like, fuck the system. Let's just break it all down. I mean, yeah. In the land and not even, like, what is the government? We don't even need the government. Who are these? Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, I feel like in 20 years, when, when it's time for them to choose a job or whatever, the world look, will look completely different in 2040. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Especially with this, this new era that's coming. You know, what, what's your perspective on that? Because I know that that is a very big talk right now within the collective and within the, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to say spiritual community because that can be taken in a different way, but it, it is a very um, intense topic. And a lot of people have their own perception of what they yeah. think that might be what they think might happen so what you being a master in astrology what do you think is really happening above and how do you think that's going to reflect so below mm. so it's interesting i've just recorded a podcast about it <laughs> it just came to me because i was reflecting on the age of pisces which we were we are transitioning out of so to speak right because the ages in in astrology they work backwards so we come from the age of pisces and what a lot of people talk about oh we enter the age of aquarius on december 21st which is not really accurate it's just that saturn and jupiter are in aquarius by that time like at the end of this year and that will already give us sort of like a precursor but i feel like we will truly enter the age of aquarius when pluto enters aquarius just because pluto is the soul and pluto is still in capricorn until 2024 so it is a slow transitioning into the vibration of aquarius but if you look back at again the age of pisces which we are trans transitioning out of we see that by the end of pisces everyone is the opposite in a way which what I mean by that is that, you know, Pisces, you could think, oh, everyone at the end of at the age of Pisces is like so spiritually awakened and like so connected to source, which is just started happening. Right. But before that, everyone was completely virgonized. I want to say like everyone is like, I'm not perfect enough. I'm not good enough. I don't even know what to do. I just constantly have to be OCD in my mind about, you know, what the world expects me to do in order to not be judged. That's all the Virgo. So we are all, you know, little Virgos walking around on the planet and have completely lost track of source. And that only happened because the way the age of Pisces has been, I guess, programmed this time, because, you know, who knows how, how the age of Pisces was last time, but this time it was really, you know, the savior outside, religion, right? Um, the Bible, and we have to follow the textbook in order to be good enough, in order to not be judged, in order to not follow, um, fall into the trap of, oh my God, I'm not good enough, Virgo, and I will be judged, so I have to be OCD. And how do we do, or how, how are we OCD? We follow the Bible, for example. The Bible is just an example. It's just outside religion, right? Instead of seeing that we are God inside of ourselves, and no one will judge us because... It's just that we judge ourselves and then. Um, but anyways, um, what I wanted to say is that um, the age of Aquarius, I feel like will be an overemphasis on technology. So basically it will be one, or let's just, let, let me just put it that way. Because the age of Pisces has been that way, at the end of it, we realized that really we see 2020 and that God that we have been following, if it's you know religion or the government, actually didn't save us because we are still in a shit show in 2020 yeah. so it really didn't serve us and so that's why a lot of people flip right now right they flip right now into understanding oh well maybe i'm one with source maybe i'm pisces maybe everything is connected maybe you know there's a reason maybe there's a higher purpose maybe i have a soul but like all of these things yeah. and so um coming back to what the age of um, aquarius will be for us i feel like 
it will and we will be in an awakening and it's interesting because that's in alignment with the book that i'm writing um we will see that everything relative to technology was also just a reflection of our own abilities it's the mirror that we needed in order to see oh i'm actually able to send someone energy all around the globe oh i can actually not use google but ask my mind and i will receive an answer it's yeah. just that i have to trust that it's like you know when people talk about the akashic records i say yeah it's google that's the akashic record google is the reflection of what the akashic records are it's like the collective stream of all knowledge right because we are at the point where google literally tells you and answers you every single question and that's what a lot of people think about the akashic records like what is my purpose okay you can google that you can trust that or you can ask yourself and then you can trust that i mean you decide who you want to trust right and that's just what um i feel like the age of aquarius will be like it will first be an over emphasis on technology and then we talk about ai we talk about all of these things which we will definitely see um but ultimately i feel like it will push us more so into the opposite which is the sun leo and understanding that we are unique on this planet for a reason we have a special purpose special destiny that is part of creation right yeah. and that ultimately helps aquarius the collective and the future so that's a short long recap <laughs> no that that does beautifully articulate it because it you you find that i would say that i started to notice it in the middle of 2020 a lot of people kind of started to the emphasis was put on technology and communicating through technology you know and 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 then homeschooling and trying to get that information across but i feel like a lot of people because they were forced to sit with themselves it wasn't like we decided Okay, I'm going to just sit down and you know, I'm asking myself these questions. I'm going to see what's going on. It's like, no, we you were put in a situation to where that everything that you would usually use to distract yourself now is one that is in the tips of your fingers more frequently than it used to be, and you have the opposite of that, which is you really trying to find out why is it that I'm always scrolling? What is it that I'm seeking through on social media that I don't feel I have within myself? And then after a while, I feel like a lot of people started asking those bigger questions. They started they they started shifting away from google like mm. this, this i i don't really know what's going on because i can't even trust what the government is telling me right now so let me just really just sit and see what's going on because at at a point in time we will come out of this cocoon we will and i think that some people may be by going on google very frequently they're trying to rush the process of the metamorphosis and you can't yes. do that because if a butterfly comes out of the cocoon too fast what happens you know you do you perish your wings don't spread so with the transitioning of the age even though after the transition happens i don't think people are going to be like yes i get it now yeah <laughs> no it all makes sense like oh my goodness that shadow work man you know in in march 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 was 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 really fun but i think that people will allow themselves grace more and they will start doing exactly what you said they will trust their own intuition when it comes to any decision that they make whether it be you know financial whether it be business whether it be within their relationships they will really allow themselves to make a decision that they truly trust like you can't go to google and be like should i marry this woman or should i start this you business? can <laughs> <laughs> okay you can. I, but people did that like they go to astrologers and be like can you tell me if i can marry that person am i compatible and i'm like oh my gosh you have every single energy inside of you you're compatible to anyone and you can have the most compatible chart too and you're not compatible because they are on a completely different i guess stage of awakening or growth you know it yeah. really is such a spectrum that you can't tell like if you feel attracted to someone or to something well there's a reason right 
it, and that connection within itself is there effortlessly. I find yeah. that you meet somebody and you know you connect with them, and it's just the conversation just starts to flow. You don't and you don't have to try to form a connection. Like you don't have to like be like, okay, let me ask the basic questions to see how deep I can go because you and I, we already know, like the minute they say one statement, we just we just fly off the handle at that point. It's like, okay, we we got it. But some yeah. some people you gotta kind of like really ease your way into it. And I just think that they don't they don't trust that that feeling that that's within them. You know what I mean? Instead of allowing your representative to do the dating for you. Present yourself as you are within grace. Like either this person is gonna, either gonna have a connection with them. And if you don't have a connection with them, that's okay too. Just be grateful that you were able to exchange energies with that individual. It doesn't mean that you can't connect with anybody or that you are unlovable or anything of that nature. It's just, you know, the the connection wasn't there to that magnitude. That's okay. That doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you because then, you know, the ego starts blabbering off of people's head. But it all goes back to the intuition and, and truly feeling and knowing that if the connection is there, you don't ever have to question it. You, you'll just feel it. You know, you'll yeah. see them over a screen, you'll see them in person. And obviously in person, it's more amplified and you can solidify it more in that way from other people's perspectives. But you just feel it, you know, and that other people's perspective, they would say that, okay, well, how do you know that you have a connection? What is it about that man or woman that, that lets you know that you have the connection? And it's like, I, it's like connect four, man. You know, you, you drop it in there, it all lines up. It just lines up. Like you don't have to fight for it to line up right when you meet, boom, connect four, done. That's it. You, you yeah. don't have to try. It's true. And you know, again, yeah, what you said too, it's, it's just all about intuition. And also knowing that, you know, I, that's why I love evolutionary astrology too. Jeffrey Wolf Green said that only 10% of the people you meet are new people. Everyone else is like, you know, them from past lives. So for some people, um, souls decided and in their contract, it's like you meet at this exact time and moment. And, you know, even consciously, you don't remember that. Right. But then when you meet, you all of a sudden remember or you feel something that's like, hey, well, that's weird. It feels like perfect it feels like so aligned and that's well because yeah you remember part of your of your blueprint or of your contract with source was to meet that person at that time because you grow together at some point Mm -hmm. or you resolve karma from the past or you just celebrate the growth that you you, both of you have made so far when you come together and do that you know there are many different reasons why we meet people and everyone is there for a reason like no one enters your life randomly and also, you are not on this planet randomly or by chance, by accident, because we take up space and people take up space in your life. And that's not, you know, space is really, really gracious or precious. So, so we can literally trust that every single thing. And it gets weird when you think like that, because literally every single thing, element, even the pillow on my bed here has a reason. Yeah, it's soft. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, the constellations are on that pillow. So, yeah, of course, it has a reason. (laughs) Every night you go to sleep. Yeah, it's, and that's another thing, too. It's like you, whatever or whoever is meant to come into your space, you will meet them, and that there's going to be a lesson that you can learn from them. You know, I, I always, at least more recently, I started equating myself to just being grateful for the people that I do meet. And it doesn't even have to be, on you know anything besides acceptance grace and just full-blown unconditional love of that human being like there's nothing like being on a planet 
and then meeting somebody and you're like, how the hell did I not know you existed, but I know you exist now. And then that's amazing. And it, oh, it's more so like, oh, finally we meet, man. I am waiting for you for my whole life. <laughs> you took time. Where have you been? Like, you I've been it. fucking waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know for what even. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just sitting here like at some point in time, whoever and whenever they're, they're going to be, don't even know what I'm waiting on or who I'm waiting on, but yeah. they show up. And then when they do, you're like, God damn, man, it took you ages. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I, I do, in the category of relationships with people, I think that ultimately it goes back to unconditional love, you know, and, 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 and just truly accepting that person, that man or woman for who they really are. You know, I, I, I know from my experiences that I've made the mistake of loving somebody for who they were becoming not who they were in that point in time potential yes right and that that that's not necessarily a good or bad thing but it takes away from the moment between you and that person then yeah. you know and then it, it really teaches you that even though you can see the potential within this person or even though that person can see the potential within you you're not at anywhere where you think you need to be based on potential like you're, you're here now within this moment and this moment within itself is all the potential that there needs to be because you both alive. You came yes. together at a point in time where that it was necessary for both of you to do that. And within that, within itself is beautiful. That's so true. And, you know, it also, I feel like, relates to our design being a projector. We can just see people's potential and we are just so wired to bring it out of them, right? To help them, to guide them right because we know yeah our role on this planet is to guide but we have to see we have to wait for an invitation right source created that really beautifully because we can't just like put our guidance out there and expect everyone to follow because people might not be ready and it takes a lot of um i guess experience to realize that but also especially because we are projectors knowing that we in a relationship area it's tough um because I mean, I, I, that's, you know, comes from my own um, experience too, because I tried to be the therapist. I tried to be the guy. I tried to be all of that, but it was not necessarily, it was trauma basically, because I always wanted to heal and guide my dad. So obviously I'm like, okay, if I ultimately heal my boyfriend, then, you know, it's kind of the same. Obviously I didn't do that consciously, but you know what I mean? It's just like so subconscious. And um, the more work you do and the more you realize that you're like, oh, that makes sense. And then all of a sudden, once you realize that you're not even attracted to people that you need to fix or that you only see the potential, you are actually attracted to people that already are that right yeah. because you're just like so you know you don't need that anymore yes i completely agree with that and it's i would even say that it's we needing being in relation with those people that we may think that we want to fix and give the, and give that guidance to we our frequency is so strong that you know we we just tap straight into what we see because we just know we, we were just we just we just want to like get in the brain and be like just take these two things out just just take yeah. it out. just let me rewire you for a second <laughs> let me shake it up All good. <laughs> with, with those people i i'm grateful for meeting them because i know that we we plant the seeds for them and we it'll you know grow to fruition within its own time and it's not as much as we want to and it hurts us or at least it hurts me i, I can't speak for you but being a projector we we have the responsibility of of guiding people down their necessary path of healing 
And if they don't want it, we we can't force it on them. And that that's where bitterness comes into play for us, at least for me, because it's like, man, just if I can just like really just get you to understand this one point, you'll be okay. But it's it's not our responsibility for them to do the healing for themselves. Like they have to want it first. Mm. Coming into alignment with those individuals that already have that resonance within themselves, that's even more of a beautiful thing as well, too, because now we don't feel so pressured to be of a guide to them. We can just let them do their own thing. And I feel like we have to necessarily be the therapist or you know be the one that's always taking notes and anytime they do something that is true, we can be like this is where you this is where you need yeah. to look at you might want to look at <laughs> I know yeah and it's it's you know if you approach a relationship like that especially as a projector again then you will be hurt twice at least if not more because first of all you don't feel seen and then you don't feel appreciated and then you don't even you know from from your own perspective you don't even get what you thought you would get right But it's like, yeah, it, it's like so much wounding and hurting for yourself and for the other person because the other person feels like I constantly need to improve something in order to be good enough. You don't feel good enough because they don't listen to you. And it's just like a complete mess of hurting each other. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the day, you break up and you feel like, oh my gosh, I was never, like, I was not special enough. That was a big thing for me for the person to change something. And I'm, I'm like, wait a second, like, that's so weird you know, maybe they're not ready. And that's where I didn't have unconditional love for whatever state. And now I can say, I released that person. I'm happy for them wherever they are. I still love them. I appreciate and honor their journey. And it has nothing to do with me. I did everything I could potentially do for that person. And so, yeah, I did my job, you know. And obviously, I learned a lot of lessons in, in that relationship too, because it, that, that was like the biggest lesson for me to learn, okay, I, I will never be the therapist again for partner. If I get asked and invited, that might be another story, right? Obviously, but I don't put stuff out there just for just to pro proving how proving that I can, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's that 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 calling to want to help within us is so strong, and then within a relationship yes. that that person nine times out of ten we just need to be with them where they're at, you know, meet them where they're at. That doesn't mean that we have to dumb down our frequency. We may have to tune back on the the guru master guidance aspect of mm. it and just really allow them to invite us into whatever it is that they truly want to know yeah. you know that 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 pull like when because i remember my ex she i would always give her i would the same thing that i would tell her i'd be like the the sky's blue and she's like I don't really know if the sky is blue. I mean, I mean, are you really sure? But let me see what's going on. Three days later, oh my God, I was talking to this person and he told me the sky is blue. And I was like, holy moly, like, I told you. And then she would just look at me and laugh and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what do you mean? What's wrong? Like, I gave you everything that you needed in that moment. And he's like, yeah, but I just want to make sure. I'm like, okay. I, 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 obviously, I didn't see it in that moment, but understanding now being a project, I'm like, man, oh. it's madness. It is yes. I laugh on, I laugh, I look back at it now and I laugh because I understand now, but that, that's just like, wow. <laughs> it's, I, I can, I mean, you have no idea how many stories like that I have in my life, which just like hilarious at some point. And whenever that happens now, I think about an old, kind of like Dumbledore from Harry Potter, mm -hmm. like an old wise man that just smiles and says nothing. Because, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's that's like what happens internally for me. Maybe also Saturn. It's just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you arrived. Hey, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm gonna have to start doing that. That really is. Yeah, I know. Like, it's it's really genius. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Come back and you're like, at least you got it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's gold. Yeah. That really is gold. Cause that 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 really that's that energy that that that's within us. You know, you being a divine feminine to to circle it back. Like you just being the goddess that you are. You. I would like to, at least from my perspective, I would like to envision the divine feminine as just this, this goddess who kind of just, who, who sits with grace and elegance. She's not over demeaning, you know, she's very nurturing, she's very loving, but she's also very powerful at the same mm-hmm. time. So when she delivers her guidance or when she invites you in to, to love her and experience her, she is just so profound that you're kind of just in awe at the end of the day like her, her guidance is so strong it's almost yeah. like I, I don't know if you're familiar with game of thrones but i you know you i think like a lot of people have a bad rap for cersei but cersei is kind of like the divine feminine just on the opposite side you know she may have been somewhat of a tyrant that's debatable but when you see her you know right out the gate that she the energy is within her she's been walking in it and the wisdom that she has is just passed down from generation to generation you know, and it's that it's. I just wanted to cycle it back to that. It's really, it's really um interesting to think about, and that that's how I like to envision it. And then each woman manifests that within her own way too. You know, it's not there is no book that dictates that this is how the divine feminine is across the board. It's just you as your own woman, as Kathy mm-hmm. in your avatar, you embody that within your own way, and it's elegant and it resonates with you based on how you feel you go about. Operating within the world from that perspective, and it's all beautiful. You know, each mm-hmm. one doing that in, in their own special way, and that's what makes them extremely unique. Yeah, and that's actually just now that you say that, it brought me kind of like I don't know. It, it just got me into you know motherhood in general, and you know that a lot of men have deep wounds relative to their mothers. And it's interesting, you know, we can talk about the origin story probably for 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 ages. You know, if if sources the feminine the masculine whatever it is right if it's the mother the father if everything comes from the womb i believe that the womb is definitely or like yeah everything originates in the womb that's why women are so powerful because we create everything out of nothing right and so the reason that men have so much wounding relative to feminine energy and mother is probably also the same thing you know just like losing the connection to source right mm-hmm. and so the more women um step into that nurturing divine mother energy i feel like yeah the more we can all reconnect to source right mm-hmm. yes the one thing i think i told you this within our session is that you the, the woman is uh, the beginning and the end you know, mm-hmm. stems from you and as as esoteric as that sounds the more i think about it and the more i just allow that thought to just float within the sea of my mind is it gets more it just gets more beautiful every time i think about it you know, mm-hmm. it's it just there's so many ways that you can take that statement down and it's just mm-hmm. i develop a true appreciation and, and and gratitude for women on this planet and the divine feminine as well yeah because it's it's creation but also whenever you create something it means that there's some, something needs to be destructed but at the same time if something is destructed something new is being created and yeah. that's you know yeah the expression of uh 
women, I guess. We are messy and we are powerful and we have not been allowed to be that, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, I, this has been absolutely amazing. I, with this being the first episode, with this being a pilot, I would say that this has been fantastic. And yes. there's so many more to come. As you already know, you got to come back. You gotta make I will. <laughs> this this will be a habit now. We have like a, a you know ever evergreen kind of like episode or whatever. I don't know. Whenever you invite me, you know I'm a projector. So <laughs> yes, yes. Um. So before you know we close it out, I want to let's see how I can do this. This is the pilot. Hmm. Tell the people where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, and if you had one piece of sovereign advice that you would give to the listeners what would you tell them mm. i would say trust your resonance and intuition mm. that's that's probably the biggest advice that i have for everyone and um if you don't know what your intuition is then definitely just go out shut down from the world for a while Go in your own lockdown and find your resonance. And I think that's the key for life in general. And also knowing that the journey of life is always for you. You designed that, so you're always in control. Everything that happens outside of you, that you designed that. And so the key is to find out why, especially in the moments where you feel like, no, I didn't design that. Like, no, that's not possible. No, I would never do something like that. You did, so why? Yeah. And then finding the lesson in that. Yeah. So, and if you want to stalk me, you can stalk me on Instagram, Magic Kathy Official. I also have a, a podcast, The Magic Kathy Show. I'm on YouTube, Magic Kathy. So, wherever you type Magic Kathy in Google, right? Coming back to Google, you will find something. <laughs> yes. Everybody, this lady is amazing. Look this woman up. At least just, you know, give her give one of her episodes a listen. Go to her Instagram. She's always posting positive, sovereign energy there's nothing but positivity that comes from this woman she is without a doubt a force to be reckoned with within the universe and she is making a very big dent within the collective and aiding not only women but men as well so i want to thank you for appearing <laughs> thank you so much and i'm looking forward until the next time me too <laughs>